The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Summerlin, your host for this edition of the Rotor World Football Podcast. A little bit different today than our normal our normal Thursday show. I will still talk to Rich Rebar about his worksheet, about the Thursday night game, about some interesting DFS plays that we pulled from the Rotor World DFS toolkit. So certainly be on the lookout for that. However, Nick Minzio is off gallivanting around the North Atlantic. And uh, will not be able to join us, unfortunately, this week. He will be back next week, though. So you should certainly, uh, certainly be looking for that. Before we get too rich, however, I do want to talk about you know what you can do to help the show. You can rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. The most important podcast in the world, as our own Josh Norris likes to say. So please go and do that. It helps other people find the show. It helps us in the rankings. And we very, very much appreciate those of you who have already done that. So uh, thank you very much. With all of that out of the way... Let's let's get to it. What's up, Rich? Ray, here we are. You're week four already. You know, I feel like, you know, we wait for the season to come along so long, you know, over the summer. And here we are. We're basically after this week, we're going to be a third of the way through the fantasy regular season. It's kind of hard to believe because we still really don't know anything. Yeah. I mean, I start to look at I start to look at like my projection spreadsheet and I start to get excited. I go, well, we have a real sample size here. And then I look at it <laughs> and I go, it's three games <laughs> like it's not it's better than one. But it's certainly it's certainly not good. And what's hilarious about that is by the time that you actually start to feel a little bit comfortable with what we're seeing and that, you know, a random a random Will Disley explosion doesn't really change your numbers very much. By that time, football season's over and, you know, we're ready to move on to the next one. It's that's such a funny sport in that way. Yeah, I think that's what makes it so satisfying, though, like why fantasy football is so popular and why, you know, people gravitate towards more than other fantasy sports that go over such long seasons because I mean when you get stuff right in football and the projection game and that we're in it, it's just a lot more rewarding yeah and lucky a lot more lucky <laughs> yeah <laughs> or luckier whichever one of those is correct that is it's a lot more of that like I said at the top we're gonna we're gonna go through Rich and I are at least gonna go through our, our normal routine here on Thursdays and that means we're gonna start with a Thursday night game and Rich we've got a good one at least mm-hmm. one that Looked like it was going to be good before this weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit, but it, it's a good one. It's an important game. It's the Vikings at the Rams. Rams are seven point home favorites, seven, seven point home favorites. That's crazy. Only thing more shocking than that is that there's a 49 and a half point total, which I mean, you would not have guessed either of those things at the start of the season, but the total especially is just, it's just way higher than you would have expected. But 
it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, the Rams are are just one of these offenses that have been so good out of the gates. And I know that the, the first couple games, you, know, you start with the Raiders and you start with the Cardinals, and we don't think that those are really strong teams. But they basically just haven't been stopped at all at any point. I mean, I think they, their first punt came with like six minutes to go in that game last week against the Chargers. They just, they just really haven't been stopped. I think it is interesting, though, you know, how it sets up this week because last year when they played the Vikings – they looked unstoppable too, like heading into that game. Like I think that they had hung like 50 on the Giants and then 50 on the Texans right before they played the Vikings. And, and the Vikings held them to just seven points. Now that game was in Minnesota. Uh, but, you know, the Vikings really, they're really the only defense that's given this offense like any problems over the past two years, you know, other than that playoff game when Farrell Cooper basically fumbled like six times on special teams. Um, so it's curious to see how the Vikings bounce back because that Vikings game last week, I don't, I think that basically was the eliminator of elimination pools altogether. I can't think of a game. There's been some big upsets in the NFL, but I can't think of a game that probably knocked out so much of the general public, you know, than that game last week. Cause it wasn't even that they didn't cover or they lost. Like they got, they were losing 27 to nothing in their house to the bills. And this is the team. That's the best team against the spread at home. Since Mike Zimmer's been there, it's gonna be real curious how they bounce back and with the Rams injuries, the seven points feels like a lot to lay here, given to what the injuries the Rams have and then the offensive personnel the Vikings have. They just haven't gotten it going. You know, outside of just that fourth quarter against the Packers when they were just chasing points the whole game, this offense really hasn't started to click yet. It's It hasn't really gotten going. We know the personnel's there for it too, but the offensive line has been bad. Uh, just, just really hasn't gotten going. It's, it's an intriguing game. There's lots of fantasy juice, and, and I got to know, where do the Rams – Color Rush jerseys rank for you in Color Rush jersey <laughs> rankings. They're pretty high on my list. <laughs> Great. I uh, I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you with no reservations that I have put zero thought into <laughs> into that. I, you you could check out you could check out Rich's work on the Dave Damashek podcast if you'd like to hear more about jersey rankings. And I'm sure uh, I'm sure he'll he'll help you out there. I think you make a good point about the seven. I I think that that is deviating so far from maybe where this should be based simply on what we saw last week. And I, and maybe even more than that. I mean, the Vikings go into green Bay. You mentioned that they it required this kind of furious comeback for them to even be able to, to be in that game with, with the Packers. So you say, you say, all right, well, they struggled against this Packers team that then went to Washington and lost. Although, as you and I both picked Washington in the bets column, one of our, one of our, one of our good picks last week. And the reason was because of this, that overtime, that long overtime that really takes it out of teams. The teams don't do well the next week. If I had any guts, I would have picked Buffalo against the spread last week, not to win outright, not saying I expected that to happen, but against the spread because we've seen these overtime teams start to struggle. So I think people are overreacting to maybe both of those performances last week. And then they're also overreacting to what we've seen from the Rams. You mentioned it. They've looked amazing, but really they haven't beat anybody until the Chargers last week. And the Chargers stuck around in that game. They hung around in that game. I think the Vikings are probably better than the Chargers. I think the seven points is a lot. I'm not sure if I would bet it because I, I think that the injury situation on both sides raises a lot of uncertainty. But if you get that half point hook, if it gets to seven and a half, then I'm seriously going to have to think about it. And it looks like it's going that way as we're recording this on Wednesday evening. Bet Online already has it at seven and a half. So it, it looks like it's going mm. that way. So, so something to think about there as well. If we move on to more like the fantasy aspect of this, you mentioned how good this offense has been. But we, we remember last year with Jared Goff just completely shredding bad defenses. If, if it was a lower half DVOA defense, he, he blew up against them. 
But the good defenses, he wasn't able to do that. And every defense mm-hmm. they faced this year has been 18th or lower. The best DVOA pass defense they faced was the Cardinals at 18th. So I think that you're looking at the situation, you're expecting Goff to maybe continue what he's been doing. I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I know what happened last week is concerning, but this defense is still really, really good, even with the injuries on the defensive line. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I wrote up in the write-up today that I have him as a QB2 this week. I think he should be treated as such. I know that he's been so good. He's hard for you to pluck out of your lineups. But, I mean, I talked about it last year. He was on the, on the same kind of burner. I mean, he was yeah. the QB1 and the QB3 the two weeks before playing the Vikings last year and came back and had a, he had a second-lowest-scoring game of the season last year in that game. Do I think they'll score more than seven points? I do. But, I mean, this is still not a defense that we're just targeting. And it's a, such a strong week for quarterback plays in fantasy that, you know, I just I, it's hard for me to really say, like, you have to set and forget Jared Goff. I agree with that. I also, I, I'd like to talk about a little bit about the receivers on that side. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw Robert Woods, who, by the way, is 13th in air yards among receivers still. So he has been he has been doing work all year. We finally saw him break out, which we knew that was coming, looking at his underlying numbers. That breakout still hasn't come for Brandon Cooks, but it's coming. It is going to come Mm -hmm. at some point. He has at least five catches for 87 yards in every game this season. He's just missed a couple big plays. He's just missed a couple touchdowns. He's been tackled inside the five-yard line four times already this season. Maybe it's not coming this week because, like I said, this is still a tough matchup, no matter what we've seen the last couple weeks. This is still a tough matchup. Maybe it's not coming this week, but a Brandon Cooks breakout is on the horizon for sure. Yeah, I like Cooks too. I don't. I'm not really scared to play him this week. I know a lot of people are looking at the Xavier Rhodes factor, but I mean, if you look at how the Rams have used Cooks, they've used him a lot differently than the, the Patriots used him. He's getting a lot more usage, like he did in New Orleans. He's running about a third of his routes from the slot, getting a lot more. They're moving him around. If you saw, like two weeks ago, they played the Cardinals and they moved him away in the inside, away from Patrick Peterson, who hasn't been shadowing guys anyways. But they were, you know, you like to see when coaches scheme their players against a mismatch, and that's what they did with Cooks a couple weeks ago. I mean, obviously, you know, if, if there's a coach that uses hashtag logic, it's Sean McVay. I mean, if you look at what the Rams do in totality, it's not it's not like they're, like, reinventing the wheel offensively. They're reinventing the, the coaching style just from common sense. Like that's it, that's really the reinvention of Sean McVay. His brilliance is by just having logic. That's like how, <laughs> how that's like that's like what the Rams are. It's really wild to think that like just be, having common sense and coaching with common sense is thought of as like this extreme brilliance. But when you've just like been just kicking rocks and turning over such a cyclical way of playing football for so long, the NFL has. I mean, this is this is why it seems so so crazy. That's what's always <laughs> funny about analytics is analytics is just. <laughs> knowing things and applying that knowledge that is literally what analytics is that story this week that came up about him having a, a you know basically like a clock operator you know yeah. someone like it, like yeah because coaches don't delegate in the nfl you know having you know you know they don't want to delegate these things because they can't get off their their high horse but it's just yeah. common sense you know it's just one less thing a coach has to worry about if you have someone do this for you it's just wild to me but I, so i'm not running from cooks just because it's Avery rose i think they're going to scheme him away and the rams have such a good offense altogether that i don't even know if that he'll just follow cooks around anyways cooks is kind of one of those weird lead receivers because a lot of teams don't like to shadow him because of the, what he does you know just they don't want their quarterback just really running you know fly routes and you know deep <laughs> all day and stuff you yeah. know the whole game so he really it doesn't get shadowed by guys t- typically very often and then the other two guys like woods has been going back to last year i mean his past 13 games have been incredible like yeah. going back to last year we saw that like kind of switch and he got like hurt in the middle of last year but I mean, even he had eight for 81 when these two teams played last year i just think he's such a 
really reliable player for fantasy. And then Cooper Cup is just such a weird guy for fantasy. He, he's just such a weird player, uh, you know, because he, he, he has the archetype of being like a possession guy, like this uber high floor. But like, it's really not the case. Like his his only usable fantasy games are come when he scores a touchdown. Now, if you catch that touchdown and this offense scores plenty of them, you look really good. But he's a guy like I talked about last week on our show on Sunday. He averages 9.1 PPR points when he doesn't score a touchdown for his career. And he's only at 12 points without a touchdown twice in 11 games without a touchdown. Just really odd player. You keep playing him every week because of the offense. But uh, very, very interesting player, Cooper Cup. And on the other, you know, we're not going to talk about Todd Gurley. Play Todd Gurley. Um, yeah. But on on the <laughs> other side, I'll say that I'm I'm not scared of this matchup at all anymore. Maybe you would have been before last weekend, but... Akeem Tlaib has already been placed on injured reserve when we're recording this. It doesn't seem like Marcus Peters is going to play. Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue are creating pressure, but the Rams are not getting anything from their outside linebackers, as we expected, by the mm-hmm. way, not getting anything. They have four sacks total on the season. Now, they haven't they haven't faced as many plays as other teams, but that's still not good, and they're not creating very much pressure. And this total is skyrocketing for a reason. This total has has skyrocketed all the way up to, as of this recording, 49 and a half. And by the time you're listening to this, I wouldn't be surprised if it's higher. So all of that suggests that the Vikings should be able to put up points. You mentioned that they haven't really clicked yet, but I, I think that you're not scared of Kirk Cousins here. Mm-hmm. You're not scared of either of the receivers. You're certainly not scared of Diggs or Adam Thalen. You're not scared of Kyle Rudolph. I, I think that this is throw them all into the bag. But mm-hmm. Brandon, but Dalvin Cook is a little more interesting because he's coming back from that injury. What do, you, what do you kind of think about Dalvin Cook this week if he ends up playing, which it kind of looks like he's going to as of time of recording? Yeah, I have to think that most people that have Dalvin Cook don't have like a stable of running backs because no one has stables of running backs really yeah. in fantasy football right now. So you're probably going to push him out there. I mean, it is nice that the two games he played, he went over 50 receiving yards in both of those games because they haven't been able to run the ball at all. I mean, they are, they're dead last in yards before contact grade for their running backs uh, in the NFL so far through three weeks. So, I mean, it's not really endearing that they haven't been able to run the football. I mean, it's, it's, this is a better defensive interior than it is a pass rushing, you know, defense. So maybe it's not a big high volume rushing game either. And then, you know, the game plan is probably going to definitely center around attacking Sam Shields and Troy Hill now when it probably wouldn't have, you know, a week coming into the game, it might've been more Kyle Rudolph and backs out of the backfield, but now feeling Diggs going to be a lot more you know, involved in the heavy dosage of the game plan. Uh, So, I mean, I think he's, he's probably an RB two. You probably don't have a lot of, most teams probably aren't going to have a back. They want to play over Dalvin cook. Uh, But I think that if you look at his two games, he hasn't done anything rushing all been receiving. I think he's still just like in the lower end RB two bucket. I agree with that with him coming off injury. But what I will say is if you look at this matchup, you just say that the Rams have, you know, they've limited running back score, but they've only faced 54 rushing attempts. Like, they're giving up 4.9 yards per carry to running back. Yeah, Wade Phillips defenses typically give up rushing production. Yeah, because and by design too, because he understands yep. that it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But from a fantasy <laughs> perspective, it's good to it's good to have a back against that. I'm probably a little it sounds like I'm a little higher on Dalvin Cook than you, but I, I certainly understand concern with him for sure. All right, moving on. We we have that new segment uh, that we, we started last week. We're gonna continue it. We're gonna highlight a few DFS plays that we found using the DFS toolkit over at rotorworld.com, the new DFS toolkit over at rotorworld.com. If you haven't gotten it yet, you should. It gives out projections for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, including point per dollar values. And you can customize those projections. You can wait based on kind of what you want to wait the most. You can go in and, and move the sliders around and, and change it to, to your liking. Uh, it has a lineup optimizer. I have used that all season. I really like that tool 
So, so go ahead and check it out. And two of the players who are going to end up in a lot of optimized lineups this week are Sterling Shepard over at DraftKings, who is $4,900, and Ezekiel Elliott over at FanDuel, who is $8,200. So let's start with Sterling Shepard. What, what is there to like about him this week? Well, I mean, the first thing is that he's got back-to-back games with seven targets, but the main thing that we're focused on is that those targets are probably going to be sticky for the matchup and the fact that Evan Ingram is now out, you know, two to four weeks. You know, Sterling Shepard took off last year as a guy we wanted to plug in lineups when, you know, Odell went out and they lost Brandon Marshall. They didn't have a running back there throwing the football to. This year he was kind of like, well, is he going to be the fourth option? He had started the year like that, you know, kind of as the fourth option. But now that Ingram's out of the way – He's a full go. I expect, you know, he, he, like I said, he's had seven targets at each of the past two games. So probably definitely hit that number here, probably go over it because the Saints have allowed the most passing points, the quarterbacks in the league. They have allowed nine touchdowns to wide receivers so far in the year, which is pretty bananas. I mean, it's just the team that we're targeting. We know that there's going to be a high game total. I know it's Saints on the road outdoors. Whatever. This, this game's still going to have some points scored. And you talked about the value, him being, you know, sub 5K on DraftKings. He's going to be a guy that's going to be extremely popular for all the right reasons. Yeah, and I mean, to, to kind of add it to it, you, you mentioned the matchup, but if Lattimore shadows Odell Beckham like we kind of expected to him, Patrick Robinson is out for the year. He's on injured mm-hmm. reserve. That means that Shepard's going to see a lot of Ken Crawley and P.J. Williams, who have just been Kenny Rogers roasted all all season long. So that that is, it's a great spot. You mentioned it's a high-scoring game. And like you said, he's going to get the targets with Evan Ingram out. They're not going to give him, I don't think, they're going to give him to Red Allison. We'll see what happens. And happened. you don't have to fly blind this week because they actually yep. looked like a functional team last week. Yeah. Exactly. And and <laughs> you know, they against in another pretty good matchup against against Houston with an offensive line that looked a little bit better once they got Eric Flowers out. So yeah, so I, I'm all in on Sterling Shepard. As for Zeke, I said this about Brandon Cooks that the blow up is coming. I'll say the same thing about Ezekiel Elliott. The blow up is coming. It almost happened last week. He had a couple big plays. He was just running mm-hmm. free through a defense that's not scared. By the way, defenses are not scared of anything else in that Dallas offense, and yet Zeke is still making thing ha- things happen on the run on on the on the ground he's a massive 20 and a half percent target share which they haven't been able to really get him going in the passing game but if that sticks around it's only a matter of time the lions gave up big plays to both isaiah Crowell and matt Breida. this is a great spot it could be a bounce back situation for the cowboys he's going to get the work they are home favorites even though you know that's, that's a bit questionable they are home favorites yeah all aboard the Zeke train this week and, and maybe a lower own spot than he should. Be. Yeah. He's, he's looking really great with the price drop too. And you talked about how he's got, you know, 20 and a half percent of team targets, just 7.4% of the receiving yardage. But you know, last week he ran the Madden route, you know, when your guy runs into the flat and you go to throw to him and he just keeps running out of bounds. Cause he had that, you know, <laughs> 60 yard touchdown catch, but he's, he's, you know, he ran out of bounds for no reason uh, on yeah. the route and you know, came in bounds. You know, obviously if that sticks, that it's a big, jump in his receiving yardage and, and all, all his bottom line for that game. Uh, but yeah, you talk about he still ran for 120 yards in that game and then he lost a bad fumble, you know, and then they gave Tavon Austin a one yard shovel pass. That's the new play that jet action, that jet action forward pass. That's really a handoff. That's really a pass. Everybody's getting so excited about Ryan Tannehill and they forget <laughs> that like a hundred of his yards and two of his touchdowns have come on glorified hands off to Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. It's actually probably more than a hundred yards. Yeah, Mahomes has two of those two. That's the new play this year. NFL always has like one play that's like the thing for the, that year. And like, this is it this season. Like that, that jet action, just catch the shotgun snap and just float it to the guy coming in the jet action. 
Uh, but yeah, you talked about Zeke. I mean, he's got 98% of the backfield touches for the Cowboys. I mean, you know you're getting the volume each and every week. He's got a matchup at home against the Lions, and the Lions have been just horrendous against the run. I mean, I know that they were a little better last week in a weird game where the Patriots only ran 47 offensive plays. Uh, but they're still, even with that game and those numbers factored in, they're still dead last in yards and yards per carry a lot of the running backs. We, like I said, we know the touches are coming. It's a great spot for Zeke Elliott this week. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be back to talk about the worksheet in just a second, but we'll take just a quick break. We'll be back. Listen up, fantasy football fans. You need to try out Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but with no salary caps. On Draft, you play in live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. It's a draft that lasts for just one week. There's no roster management. You set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's absolutely it. Drafts start every couple minutes. You can join one right now. And the best part? You're playing for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft out there for everyone. Come and join me on Draft today. You can download the app. Anytime, just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes, or you can play on Draft.com, whatever you like. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use our promo code ROTOWORLD. That's right, play a real money game for free just for using our promo code ROTOWORLD on your first deposit. Just search Draft in the app store or go to Draft.com to get started. And we are back. It's your favorite time of the week. It's time to talk about the worksheet. I say it every single week. You should be reading the worksheet. It makes you a smarter, better fantasy football player. Go and read it over at rotoworld.com. But good news for you, even if you haven't read it yet, we're going to talk about a few players from the worksheet here. And we're going to get started with Alvin Kamara, who has you know disappointed a bit from an efficiency perspective. But, I mean, from a workload perspective, you have to love everything you've seen, right? Yeah, and, I mean, a lot of people haven't realized this goes back to last year now. So if you look at the last eight games Alvin Kamara has played, he's rushed 91 times for 327 yards and just three touchdowns, just 3.6 yards per carry. That's a half-season NFL sample, uh, which is inherently small, but still it's it's poignant. It's just not this year. It goes back to the last five games that he played last year, too. And you know what? It hasn't even mattered. Because yeah. he's receiving work is so ridiculous. He's averaging 35.7 pass routes per game. That's the most of all running backs in the league. He had 20, 20 receiving targets last week. That's the most for a running back in a game since targets have ever even been tallied since 1999. Uh, it's the most catches of backs had since Darren Sproles in 2012 in a game last week. I mean, he's the first running back to have two 100-yard receiving games through three games since Thurman Thomas in 1991. Um, he's been the highest scoring running back in fantasy in two of the first three games. And, you know, if you want to tie in some matchup for more reason to play, I mean, the Giants are 29th in receiving points allowed to backfields already to begin the season. They have a lot of receiving scores to TJ Yeldon and Lamar Miller already. So, I mean, it's just a, it's a, he's a unique player and he's going to be a remain a unique player, I think, for, um, for time. He's in the just right offense for, for his skill set. And you didn't even mention the most important opportunities, unless I zoned out for a second. He has 13 rushing attempts and four targets inside the 10. 13 rushing attempts, the same amount as Todd Gurley, four targets, the same amount as David Johnson, the most opportunities in the league, even ahead of Todd Gurley. Like, that's huge. Yeah, it was a shame last week. He had a few that, you know, and they, they even took the one off the board at the end, for, and they did for a good reason. He wasn't in. But it's like, you know, just all those chances last week, we couldn't get one one across the paint. And it is an interesting question. Will that stick around once Mark Ingram's back? I don't know. I, I do think we saw at the end of last year, Kamara 
be more heavily utilized in the red zone than he was early in the year. So there is a chance he keeps a lot of that. If he loses some of it, though, maybe maybe that's a bit of a concern. But yeah, I mean, right now, we're, we're really excited about him for sure. All right. Um, so Patrick Mahomes, he's pretty good. He's uh, okay at football. He's, 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 we, we were both dumb to doubt the chiefs. You know, it's funny about that. Oh, we, boy. we doubted. I know. We're going to talk about this. This is a therapy session. We, we doubted the chiefs because we thought that they were going to turn the ball over. And that just hasn't happened. Like they have one turnover, one turnover through three games. It wasn't so even if him. that changes, yeah, it wasn't even him. It was a fumble. He hasn't thrown any interceptions. I think it was a Chris Connolly fumble, right? So like, if that changes, maybe this changes, but right now Patrick Mahomes is really good. He's spreading the ball around. He's hit nine different pass catchers for touchdowns. It's been amazing. But the one constant in this passing game has been Travis Kelsey. With the way that New England's struggling, is Kelsey the overall tight end one right now? Ooh, man. Yeah. I mean, the way Mahomes is playing too and just the general offense, I mean, it's it's hard to doubt Kelsey. And you think about Kelsey, what he's done from a ceiling perspective now. He, obviously, he laid that that dud in week one. I don't know what the thing is with him and the Chargers, but he just can't get over the Charger hump yet. Uh, but now he's got he's followed up with back to back hundred yard games. He, that's now his twelfth one hundred yard game since the start of the twenty sixteen season. That is tied with Antonio Brown and Julio Jones for the most wow. in the NFL over that span. So yeah, we're talking about ceiling weeks and your know, ceiling potential. He basically is one of the best. 100 yard receivers we know a lot of leagues out there still play with that 100 yard arbitrary bonus hey DraftKings uses it so I mean listen we're not gonna tell you if it's right or wrong it's out there and, and he hits that number for a tight end he hits it just like the top receivers do so that's important and he also is running into a spot that he has just mashed recently his past three games against the Broncos he's gone 7 133 and 1 on 10 targets 11 for 160 and 1 and 8 for 101 on 15 targets uh, look for him on Monday night to just continue to smash, you know, the Broncos. And this offense has scored a touchdown on 52% of its possessions. 52%. <laughs> the league average is 21.7%. It's just stupid. No one, I, I don't think they had a punt until the third quarter against San Francisco. I think they scored five <laughs> straight touchdowns on five possessions. Something, something to that effect. It's just, it's been nuts. And you mentioned the matchup. I mean, this defense, this, this Broncos defense gave up 105 and one to Will Disley in week one and then gave up 59 yards to Mark Andrews last week. Yeah, this is this is this is a good spot. Speaking of last week, Seattle finally, finally picked a running back. And based <laughs> on what we've seen so far this year, they probably made the right choice in Chris Carson. But what what really can we expect from him moving forward? I'm in a situation where, listen, Lucy can pull this football at any, any moment, yeah. but they also made some changes on the offensive line. I mean, they, they got Joey Hunt and DJ Fluker in the offensive line for at least short term. It had a positive impact. But you talk about the main thing was they just picked a guy and that they had and they had favorable game script. He, Chris, Chris Carson played 72.5% of offensive snaps last week after playing 43.9 and 28.8% the first two weeks. Uh, you know, you look at the, how that rolls into this week now, opposing backfields have averaged 31.3 rushing attempts and 37 touches per game against the Cardinals. That's the most in the league. The Cardinals are allowing 41 yards per scrimmage a lot uh, per drive. That's the second most in the league outside of the Chiefs. If they're going to stick with Chris Carson, this is as good as a spot as any to get him into lineups this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's a best possible scenario, but you mentioned that the ball could be pulled out. I mean, how many times yeah, last year yeah. did we see them just change their mind in the backfield? It's just, it's a tricky situation. I, I'm with you. I think that this is a good spot for him, but you know, it could, it could always, it could always go the wrong way. Finally, we, you know, the Roto World crew, we've had our fair share of misses so far this season. 
rest in peace, Rex Burkhead. You you sweet Prince, Rex Burkhead. Um, it's so that one hurts a lot. But John Brown looks like a home run. Although he he didn't practice on Wednesday, so we'll keep our fingers crossed on that one. But assuming he's going to continue to play, he he looks like a home run. Or if he keeps going, do you expect him to to keep up in kind of almost this? If not number one role, maybe one B role to Michael Crabtree. Yeah, you know we were, you know, I was going to lead him. You know, if uh, you know John Brown's finally healthy, he's staying healthy, and then he leaves <laughs> practice. Reds were going to do this show. It's pretty fitting. But I mean, you look at John Brown, what he's done. He's he's looked like the John Brown of you know sophomore year. John Brown. I mean, he's gone you know from ten and a half percent to eighteen point two percent to twenty two and a half percent of team targets per week. Continually escalated. They talked about him all preseason. And he's hit the ground running. I mean, he has 68 more receiving yards than Michael Crabtree and three fewer targets and catches. He has a 40-yard reception each of the past two games, a 25-yard reception or longer in all three games. And the Steelers have just been a sieve defensively. We talked about it last week when we were talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they've already allowed five top 25 scoring receivers in just three football games. So, I mean, it's a spot to definitely, you know, for John Brown to shine in that Sunday night football game. Yeah, protect John Brown. Uh, hopefully it was just precautionary. He was out at practice and then went back in. Maybe they're just giving him rest. I don't know. But you mentioned the spot. This spot is is gold. The Steelers are giving up the second most 20-yard passing plays with 17 through through three weeks. Um, and John Brown, you mentioned that he's made some big plays. He left a few on the field, uh, especially last week against Denver. This is it's a great spot for him. Fingers crossed, baby. Let's... Uh, Let's let's stay healthy, protect John Brown as always. Thanks, Rich. Remember to read the worksheet, rotoworld.com. You can find Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find me at RM Summerlin. And we will be back with Nick Menzio. Nick Menzio will make his triumphant return to tell us what the Northern Lights look like next week. So join us then. field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.